just grateful that he, he thought of me to be able to bring forth the word of God today. And so we're going to get right into it today. If we can turn to our Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 3. 2 Kings chapter 3. We're going to start with verse 9. When you have it, say amen. So the king of Israel went and the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they fetched a compass of seven days' journey. And there was no water for the host and for the cattle that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, that the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord, that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And no and one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel, What have I do with thee? Get thee to the prophets of thy father and to the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, for the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hands of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth, before whom I stand, surely were I not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. I would not look toward thee nor see thee, but now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, Ye shall not see wind, neither shall ye see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water, that ye may drink both ye and your cattle and your beast and this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord this is yet a light thing for the it's not hard for God I should I should have gave, I should have told us to go to the message version of, of scripture because it makes it plain it says this is not hard for God to do do you believe that I just want to talk to you for just a moment dig like you're expecting something Dig like you're expecting something. Turn to somebody and say, dig like you're expecting something. Amen. You may be seated today. I believe that there are some things that God does in your life that are so miraculous in your life that he doesn't wait for you to believe for it. He just does it. Sometimes God just does it and leaves you there to believe it. And I believe that God is a God that can create anything out of any situation, out of any scenario. He is just waiting for a partner on earth to connect with him so that he can manifest his presence. He can manifest the will of God in your life. Somebody say amen today. You see, your expectation is a powerful thing because expectation is the birthplace or the atmosphere for miracles 
to happen. This is the way that God gets things done. Anytime he's wanting to manifest or express himself, we should never limit what God already knows. <laughs> but we should open up our mind and we should open up our heart to the unknown. <laughs> Why? Because God can do what? He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. And anytime God is provoking something in your heart or in your mind, don't wrestle with what is already known. What you should do, because what's already known is history. That's the past. You already know. But I want to know if there's faith in this place for the future. That That faith for the future is required. It brings you into the atmosphere of expectation and helps you to walk and function in the unknown. When God wants to birth something and manifest something in the earth, he gives you the tool called faith. Somebody say faith today. And faith now becomes a resource by which he can manifest his will. Faith comes, he can manifest his will and perfect a perfect plan for your life. I'm getting somewhere today. I've never preached this message here or anywhere else, so it's not going to be as fluid as I, as I may want it to be. But I'm going to work through it the best that I can. And here we are in 2 Kings, the third chapter, and we see an interesting dilemma. We, we see an interesting dynamic. There's, there's three kings walking and verse 9 says they have now found themselves in a dilemma it says that the king of Israel the king of Judah and the king of Edom started out on what proved to be a looping detour if I can make it like this they begin to walk around in a desert and they begin to walk around and it seemed like they were going in circles and not getting anywhere they, they, they're, they're walking through the desert and, and in a particular detour, they're not making much progress. And they find themselves in a scenario, the Bible says that after seven days of walking, they had run out of water for both the army and their animals. And the king of Israel then said, oh man, this is bad news. This is not good because God has gotten us three kings, man. He's put us in the desert and he's, he's allowing us to be put into the hand of Moab. It's a setup. But how many of you know that God never sets you up for failure? God never puts you in a place that's going to allow you to fail. But I've come to tell somebody, you may feel like you're in a dark place. You may feel like you're going in circles and you have nowhere to go. But I've come to tell somebody, God will not set you up for failure. You just got to stand still and not worry about the past, but worry about the future. I know it's unknown. I know you can't see where you're going. I know it don't look familiar, but God says just have Faith. The only thing you have to understand is that you have to figure out how you're going to tap into that plan of God, Brother Dana. How am I going to get on the right road? And God, 
And sometimes we just tell, we got to tell God, God, when I get bad news, I'm not going to accept it. I'm not going to accept the situation the way that it is. But when I get bad news, I'm going to say, God, you must be up to something. God, you must be up to something special in my life. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to diagnose the situation. I'm not going to call somebody and say, what do you think? But I'm going to inquire of the Lord. Anytime you get bad news, it's not time to, to, to discredit God. But it's the time for you to believe. Is there anyone in this place this morning you've ever gotten bad news and God showed up and gave you a miracle and he showed his power and his plan? Has there anybody in this place you've been between a rock and a hard place with your back up against the wall and somehow, some way, God showed up and he said, I'm going to show you the way to go. I'm going to, I know you don't see it. I know you don't understand, but I need you to have faith. And I understand this when God gives the bad news and you find yourself in a position you're going to find yourself in a place of frustration but I need you to understand this morning that frustration is often the place where faith begins frustration uncertainty is often the place where faith begins and I'm talking to people of God in this place to let you know faith begins in a place of frustration anytime you see something different than what you heard I know it can get frustrating Anytime you see something and it's not the way you thought it would be, I understand that frustration is the first place that you go to. And I want to tell somebody here today, just bear with me for just a moment. I promise you I'm going to get there. It's not that God is trying to discount you or discredit you, but he is about to do something miraculous and powerful in your life and when God wants to put his plan in action and manifest his will in the earth he gives you faith as a tool faith then sets your expectation then that's when faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen God said when I want to when I want to put something when I want to manifest something in the earth I'm going to give you faith for it there's no dilemma there's no struggle there's no difficulty that is too hard or too big for God to do. I've come to let you know uh, you've been struggling too long. You've been a dilemma too long. And you've been wondering, God, when are you going to work it out? God says, I got a plan. I'm going to work it out. But I just need you to keep the faith. It's one thing to say. You believe God. It's another thing to say. To, it's another thing when you act like you believe God. 
It's one thing to say and to testify, oh, I trust God. Oh, it's another thing when you act uh, like you trust God. Do I have anybody in the house uh, that's got the faith uh, and the behavior to back up your expectation? It's one thing to talk about it. It's one thing to say, yeah, but I'm talking about does anybody have the action and the behavior to back up what you say? God, I know you're a, you're a miracle worker. I know you're a healer, but God says, I know you're talking about it, but I need you to act like it. You see, whenever God gives you faith for something, Whenever God gives you faith for something, he just doesn't want you to believe. He wants you to actually behave according to your belief. And that's why God says faith without works is dead. Let me say that again. Whenever God, wants, whenever God gives you faith for something, he just doesn't want you to believe. He wants you to actually behave according to your belief because demons believe. They just can't act according to their belief. I'm talking to somebody here today. I'm it's important that you just don't talk about it. Let me get young with you. You be about it. Just don't talk about it. You got to be about it. And so faith is always the tool that God gives to change your now situation into what he wants in your future. And so here, here they are in a position walking on a looping detour. Have you ever just felt like, man, I'm just walking in circles. I'm not getting anywhere. Wasn't I just here yesterday? I thought I was progressing, Brother Josh. I thought I was moving forward. And they find themselves in a space where they feel like they're going to die, Pastor John. They literally feel like there's no hope and they're in a dilemma. There's no water and they're in a position of lack. But instead of crying about it and thinking that God would lead them in this particular space, what they say, there's got to be something we are missing in this place. There's got to be something we're missing in this place because God doesn't want us to live in lack. Do I have a witness today? God wants us to live in abundance and no lack. Can you look at somebody and tell them, I'm not supposed to live in lack, but I'm supposed to live in abundance. That was the wrong one. They didn't agree with you like they should have. Look at somebody else and tell them we're not supposed to live in lack, but I'm going to live in abundance. See, Some of y'all didn't say nothing because you're waiting to see it. Some of y'all didn't agree because you got to see it before you believe it. Just like when somebody tells you, hey, did you, see, did you know this? Oh, I got to see it to believe it. Did you see John? Man, he turned his life around. Oh, I, 
got to see it before. Not you, Brother John. I love you. I got to see it before I believe it. But I got to I got to tell I got to tell somebody here today that you got to say something until you see something. And you have to learn to act like it before it's even manifested in your life. I need you to look at someone else and tell them I live in abundance. So what God does is he gives you faith for something. And faith in the kingdom is the currency in God's kingdom. Faith is the currency in God's kingdom. When he wants you to have something, he gives you the faith for it. When there is lack in your life, he gives you faith for it. Because really, if I'm really, if I want to make it plain for you, there's no lack in the earth. It's just understanding how to access and activate the things of God. There's no lack here. You just got to learn how to access it. You've got to learn how to activate it. Anytime you have a need, you've got to understand there's a force of supply. And the greater the need that you have, the greater the supply. And anytime God lets you have a need, it's because he has a bigger supply. Oh, that somebody should have ran right there. Somebody should have jumped upon your feet because you knew that you were in lack. And the greater your need, God says, I got a great supply. I got a great supply for you. Don't worry. Don't fear. And I got there's no need that's bigger than God's supply. And God says, if you got a need, trust that I have a supply. Because my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I thought I would have a little bit more help here at Revival Church this morning that says, God, I got a need. I got a great need. But I hear the voice of the Lord say, I got a greater supply than any need that you have. Let me catch my. Just because you have a need doesn't mean that God doesn't have a supply. Just because you're in need of something today doesn't mean that God doesn't have the answer. So he allows the dilemma. Brother Jeremiah, go grab that for me. He allows the dilemma show up and they're walking around saying surely we're not in this situation we have to get a revelation from God they were saying God you didn't bring us this far just to bring us this far God you didn't bring us here just to die he didn't want us to be in this position of lack. And what is it that we can do in this moment? What is it that we can do in this moment? Verse 11 says this, that King Jehoshaphat, he asked this question, Brother Dana. He said, 
isn't there a prophet of God anywhere around here that we can consult God? I wonder, and I ask this question to you, whenever you're in a place of lack, whenever you're in a desert place, do you ask the question, isn't there a man of God? Isn't there a man of God around me that I can consult with? Is there somebody near me that's praying, that's fasting, that can give me a word? One of the king's servants of Israel said, Elisha, son of Shepat, is around here somewhere. He's here. He's somewhere around here. The prophet is somewhere around here. Some of you need to look around you right now. Some of you need to look around you and say, there's a word around here for me somewhere. There's a word around here for me uh, uh, somewhere. And the word that God has for you is it's about to be spoken into your life. Uh, I've come to encourage somebody. You came here wondering. You came here thinking, how am I going to make it? But I've come to tell you, look around. Look around you. There's a word uh, that's around you. There's somebody next to you that's getting ready to speak a word into your life. There's somebody next to you that's getting ready to, to speak a word in your life. Do I have anybody? in here that know there's a word in here and all I need is one word all I need is one word he said he's here he's somewhere he's about he's somewhere in the location he said this, the Bible says, Bible says, matter of fact, this Elisha, he used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. This man, he used to be the right-hand man of Elijah, King Jehoshaphat. He said, that's a good thing. It's almost like as if he got encouraged Brother Jeremiah, he said, that's a good thing. It's a man that we can trust. He said, that's a man that we can trust. So now they are in a dilemma. They're walking around in a desert. They think they're about to die. They said, surely God did not bring us this far to bring us this far. Is there a word from the Lord? Because if we get one word from God, if we get one word from God, God will change everything. Can I tell you that someone is looking for you, Brother Dana? Someone is looking for you today. I want to tell somebody in this house. My dad used to tell me, he used to say this saying, your name is coming up next. He used to let me know, son, you just be faithful to the little stuff. You just be faithful to what God has put your hands to. And I've come, I'm going to let you know, son, your name is about to come up. I need you to prophesy to somebody next to you, around you, and tell them your name is about to come up. There is a need that you have answers to. And God said, I'm about to bring you out of the background and bring you into the foreground. And I'm about to let your name come up I need someone to shout on that right there 
You ought to prophesy to somebody. Come on, I need you to get interactive. I'm not just telling you that just to fulfill some words in this sermon. You need to tell somebody right now your name is about to come up. You thought you were in the last of the line, but I believe that God's about to bring you to the front. Some of you should have danced on that right there because you're not, you're not worthy enough. You don't even qualify for it. But God said, I'm about to bring your name up to the front. Tell her, your name is about to come up. There's a dilemma. There's a problem. There's a situation. There is a circumstance that you've been born to solve. And somebody's looking for you. Someone's looking for the answer. Someone's looking for your business, Brother Oscar. Someone's looking, someone's looking for you. But I've come to tell somebody your resume is about to come up to the top. Your phone is about to ring. The email's about to come through. Some of you know what I've been talking about. You've been praying for a miracle. You've been praying for the answer. But I've come to let you know if you have faith for it, uh, let's act like we got it already. Uh, Let your behavior. So the Holy Ghost. Tell someone one more time, your name is about to come up. They're looking for you. They're looking for you. They're looking for your testimony. They're looking for your story. They're looking for the faith that God has put in your life. They're looking for you. You're a solution to their problem. And your name is about to come up. I feel the Holy Ghost right there. That's it, Sister Bispo. Pray for him. God's about to move on your behalf. I know it seems glim. I know it seems like you're in a dilemma. I know it seems like you're in a problem. But I hear the voice of the Lord say, your name is coming up. Your name is coming up. They're looking for you. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this house. Somebody ought to stand up and believe. You ought to see, you know, you ought to stand up and believe it for yourself. You ought to stand up and believe it for your children. Your faithfulness in your last season has just created an opportunity in your next season. Brother Dana, I feel this works for you right here. Your faithfulness in your last season is going to open up doors and opportunities in your next season. Don't worry. Don't fear. God says it's for you. The faithfulness you had in your last season, God says, I'm about to bless you. Your name is coming up. It's coming up to the top. And God says, I see you. It's yours. It's 
I feel a prophetic spirit in this room right now. I feel a prophetic spirit in this place right now. Your name's coming up to the top. I know you used to wash hands for somebody else, but there's going to come a day that your name's going to come up in a conversation. Your name's going to come up in a conversation and say, I know there's a prophet I can call. I know there's a woman of God I can call. I know there's a man of God I can call. Don't worry about who knows your name. Just know that God knows your name. Don't worry about didn't, who didn't connect you to the right people. Can I tell you that God has a divine connection for you? I don't care if they reached over you. I don't care if the people behind you had to do certain things to get their way. When I tell you when God calls you up, when God has a plan for you, it's your time and your season. I got to finish this story. You may be seated. Is there a prophet of the Lord in the house that we can inquire of? We have a dilemma. But before we faint in this situation, Brother Jeremiah, we need to know if there is a word from the Lord in the house. I know you've been watching the news. I know you've been watching social media. But I just wonder what God would have to say about this situation. I know you've been watching every news channel and the broadcasters are saying it's about to be bleak but I wonder if there's anyone here that said I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread and I want to tell you the revelation of the Lord is recession proof and you've got to get to the place that you stand up and say I will not be participating in this recession I'm sorry but don't count me in I will not be participating I don't care how dark it gets I don't care how crazy it gets I don't care how low it gets my God shall supply all my needs don't count me in this recession don't count me into that I've come to let you know I stand on the word of God and my God shall supply not one, not two, not three, but all of my needs. I need someone to shout. I need someone to dance. I need someone to claim and say, oh. Don't you get in despair. Don't you fear. Don't you fret. You've got to just stand up and say, Anytime God wants to change your life, he sends you a person 
whenever the enemy wants to distract your life, he sends you a person. You have to learn how to discern if the person has come into your life to distract you or to put you on the right track. If they came from God or if they came from the enemy. If they came from the enemy, you're going to be put on a detour. You're going to be put in a place to walk in circles. If they came from God, they'll bring you into your destiny. That's why you got to be careful who speaks into your that's why you got to be careful who you allow in your circle. Are they encouraging you or are they bringing you down? Are they spiritual or are they carnal? I've come to let you know them folks are either going to put you in a circle or they're going to put you in the will of God. I've come to let you know, family or friend, if you're not encouraging me, if you're not there to push me to greatness, if you're not there to pray for me when I'm in need, kick to the curb. I've come to let you know I need some people in my circle to bring me on the right path to put me in right places I'm either going to be the answer to someone's prayer brother Chris or they're going to be my answer is there a word First thing you have to do when you find yourself in a dilemma is this. Discover what God said. Before you panic, before you pass out, before you believe the report of the enemy, before you believe the report of the doctor, God, what do you say about this situation? Because whatever you say, I'm about to build everything I know on what you say, God. I'm not going to believe the report of the enemy, but I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. Do you believe the report of the Lord? Where's my choir at? Do you believe the report? We shall believe. Do you believe the report of the Lord? Or are you believing the enemy? Are you believing the criticism from people around you? How much time do I got? I'm going to get there. Man, I got so much here. God. What do you say about this situation? Can we discover if God has us here or if God wants to develop us here? Elisha says, verse 13, 14, he says, if it wasn't for, he tells, he tells the three kings there. Elisha's there and he says, if it wasn't for the relationship, this is why it's important to know who you're connected to. Elisha said, if it wasn't for the relationship and the respect that I have for King Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even give you the time. That's why you got to be careful who you're walking with. Because somebody that you may need an answer from, the only way they're going to give it to you is because of the connection. He looks at Elisha, looks at them and says, the only reason why I'm here, guys, 
The only reason why I got up from my, whatever it is, the rock, whatever he was sitting, is because of the respect and regard that I have for King Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. I wouldn't even look towards you. I wouldn't give you the time of day. But considering that, I'm going to discover what it is that God wants to say. And I love what he does when he discovers. Brother Tim, you up there? Elisha, he says, give me a minstrel. I said, begin to play. Give me a minstrel. It says this, and it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. How many of you know there's a difference between a musician and a minstrel? Sister Nancy, can you agree with me? There's a difference between a musician and a minstrel. He says, give me someone that's skilled. Give me someone that's anointed. Give me someone that when they begin to play, something shifts in the atmosphere. Give me something that when somebody begins to play, demons flee. Demons go away. I know I've been tormented, but at the sound, uh, the sound of anointed music. This, that's why it's important when we sing, we sing with a pure heart. That's important that when we sing, we tell God, take everything out that's not right in my life and make me pure before your eyes. So when I lift up my voice, when I release a sound, when I sing a solo, when I sing a song, something shifts in the atmosphere. Give me a minstrel. Bring me a minstrel that when they play it opens up my ears and I can hear clearly. When you're in a situation and you need to hear the voice of God That's why it's important you gotta grab somebody that's anointed that when they play, all the distractions of the world, all of the distractions of your life go away so that you can hear clearly. Bring me somebody. Bring me somebody that can play to create the atmosphere for God to move. Somebody lift up their hands right now. Begin to worship. Because it's only when you worship and praise Him is when He moves. Come on, that's it. 
begin to create the atmosphere of what we feel in this house right now. That's it. The word of the Lord is coming. atmosphere because what you're about to hear is going to be unusual the instruction that you hear from the Lord is not going to be normal it's going to be out of the box kind of stuff it's not going to make sense that's why you have to be in the spirit because you can't allow your natural mind to talk you out of what your spirit is about to tell you to do. Your natural mind has no idea what your spirit is capable of. Come on, keep worshiping. It's all right. I'm just talking. Everything your mind knows is learned behavior. So it's based on the past. Everything your natural mind knows is a, is a learned behavior, so it's based on what used to be. Everything your spirit is about to tell you to do is based on the future and what's never been done before. So when God speaks something to your spirit, you can't afford to ask your mind what it thinks about what God says because your spirit has to teach your mind what is possible because everything you're about to do has never been done before and God is about to tell you to do something unusual. God is about to tell you to do the unusual and the worst thing that you can do is consult your mind when your spirit is telling you to do something. It's Brother Aguilera, your mind is a reasoner. So your mind is going to tell you why you can't do it. Your mind is going to tell you what happened last time you tried to do it. Your mind is going to tell you who else tried to do it and they weren't successful either. Sometimes faith, faith doesn't have a point of reference. Faith has nothing to point to. And you're, and, and, and you're like, God, I know what you're saying, but it just doesn't make sense. I know what you're telling me to do. But it doesn't make sense. And God says, good. Because it can't make sense to your natural mind. Because that would mean that you have done it before. When I heard from pastor just a few days ago, said, hey, I need you to preach. This word popped into my spirit. sentence in prison 
and wipe it away. How could he give you jobs that you weren't even qualified for, that you needed a bachelor's degree and a master's degree to get, and you were in the room of people that had influence, and they, how did they choose you over them? is it that you're able to do this and do that and allow this and allow that because when God wants to do something crazy you have to do something crazy so the prophet he's opened up by the minstrel as he's playing He's opened up and he prophesies and he says something unusual, Brother David. And says something that doesn't make sense. Because when God gives a word, he also gives you the power to accomplish that word. I tell you that God just doesn't speak to communicate. God speaks to create. God just doesn't speak to speak. He doesn't waste words. He doesn't waste words. When he speaks, you got to listen. Because whenever he says something, with whatever he says, he's going to give you power. That's why you can't wait until Wednesday to obey what you heard today. That's why you can't wait until next week to do what you heard today. Can I tell somebody here this morning, you have to do it. Do whatever you hear, even if you haven't seen it, even if it never happened in your bloodline. Even if it never happened in your family, even if it never happened in your zip code, God says, I'm about to use you as a motto to do what has never been done before. You're about to break generational curses. You're about to break bloodline curses. Do I have anybody here? Do I have anybody here? I got to do what I hear. The atmosphere set. And here's what he says. This is what I heard God say. You're in a dilemma. You have no water. You feel like you're going to die. You're in the middle of a desert. God sent me to change your life and I'm about to give you the word of the Lord. I'm about to tell you what I'm about to tell you it's not going to make sense to your natural mind and what I'm about to tell you it's going to be unusual but you have to make up in your mind that you're going to do it. This is what he says. Word of God says this. God's word Here is the word of the Lord for you. I want you to go out into the valley. And I want you to take a shovel. And I want you to go out there and start digging ditches. 
what God I want you to go out to the valley and I want you to start digging some ditches but God it's Sunday I got nice clothes on I don't want to get a splinter in my hand I don't want to get my hands dirty I just got my nails done time to sweat God says if I told you to do it if I told you to go out there and do it I don't need you to make excuses I need you to pick up a shovel and start digging start digging out fear start digging out anxiety you need to start digging for the answers that you've been praying for Tell somebody next to you, you need to start digging. You gotta dig past fear. You gotta dig past doubt. You gotta dig past dysfunction. You gotta dig past all of those disqualifications that you have. And God says, You gotta dig. I know it seems unusual, but you gotta you gotta keep on digging. I want you to take that shovel and I want you to stay focused. Don't talk to nobody. Don't try to explain yourself. Quit talking to people that don't get it because they're going to say, why do you keep digging? Oh, you don't understand it. You don't understand what I need. You don't understand what I've been praying for. Can I tell you that you just got to keep digging no matter what? You're going to get tired, but you got to keep digging. You got to prepare for what you've been praying for. You have to prepare what you've been praying for. You're going to get tired. That's why you got to have a good hype man next to you. That's why you have to have a good wife or a good friend or a good pastor that says, come on, man, keep digging. Keep digging. I know, baby, it's hard, but you've got to keep digging for our children. You've got to keep digging for our family. They're going to come back to you. You've got to keep digging. I know it don't seem like it's going to happen, but you've got to keep digging. I know it seems impossible, but you've got to keep digging. God will not waste his words but he will also not waste water he will not pour into something that is not prepared he will not pour into something that you haven't been prepared can I tell you don't give up on your children don't give up on your family don't give up on, on those things you've been praying for. Don't get content and complacent that this is just the way it's going to be. I've come to let you know. God says start grabbing a shovel and you got to start digging. you got to start digging. And I promise you, eventually, God's going to pour into those ditches and he's going to bring living water. He's going to bring that son back. He's going to bring that daughter back. He's going to bring that marriage back together. He's going to, but you got to keep digging. you got to keep digging. You gotta keep digging. You gotta keep digging. Hey!
this show. I'll stand in this place. You gotta keep digging. Some of you, you've been praying for a miracle. You found yourself in a desert place. You found yourself in an uncertain moment. And you're saying, God, I need to hear a word. And here's a word for you today. Dig. Here is the word for you today. Dig like you're expecting something to happen. Is there anybody here that you're expecting something? You need a miracle. I need you to run to this altar. And I need you to start digging. You don't, you don't, I don't have enough shovels to pass around. But I need you to act like you're digging. I need you to just to portray like you're digging. You need God to work it out. Start digging. Come on, just do it. I know you're here, brother. Here you Just start digging with your family. Just start digging. You just start digging. I promise you. God says, I'm going to work it out on your behalf. Come on, just start digging with you. Come on, here you go, brother. Come on, just start digging. You got to start digging for your children. That's it. You got to start digging for your family. You got to start digging. I know it seems unusual. I know it seems uncertain. I know it seems like you, you don't know how it's going to happen. But God says, dig, 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 dig. Keep digging. I know it seems like you're never going to make it. But I hear God say, dig. I'll see you do it again. Let's revival church. Let's hear revival church. Come on, encourage somebody. Tell them your name's about to come up. Your turn is about to happen. But don't stop digging. Don't stop digging.